Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. I'm Jack Murley, and each and every week, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, cast our eyes over everything happening in the world of professional wrestling in a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Coming up this week, Asuka returns to challenge Becky Lynch on Raw, FTR go one-on-one in a first-time-ever match on AEW Dynamite, and some of the worst sound mixing you'll ever hear on a wrestling show happen in the past seven days. Plus barbed wire ladders and where they came from, where's Butch, Ric Flair playing musical chairs, why Charlie doesn't understand the OC, Dion Dublin's promo abilities and so much more, all coming up right now on Earning the Push. We've been asked for a while where is she, no one's really known, no one's really discussed it. Uh, When treated correctly, she's absolutely top level elite talent. Her run as the un- unbeatable juggernaut in NXT is one of my favourite runs of anyone ever. Uh, some of the matches she's had in the main roster are brilliant. Her match with Charlotte Flair at Mania 34, I think, is one of the best women's matches in WWE history. Uh, she has the story, the history with Becky. I love that Becky's out there saying, I literally gave you my title. I think I think this is a really clever place to bring her back in, kind of pick up where we left off with the Becky Asuka feud. Yeah, I'm all, all for this, all for it. I think it's a great, great addition back to the women's roster. No one had forgotten Asuka. You sometimes think when they've been gone for as long as they have been, and, and it's been, you know, best part of a year, if not more for Asuka. Sometimes someone comes back and it's a little muted. It wasn't for her, and she looked great, as brilliantly bonkers as only Asuka can. And I'm so excited about this feud. Yeah, I think this would be brilliant. Asuka has this incredible talent of, screaming promos in a language we don't understand, yet we all understand what she's saying. She'll scream things in Japanese, and I'm like, yeah, she's got a point across well there. (laughs) She's got that non-verbal communication down pat. I I was thinking as this came about, my what is a nice problem for WWE to have. Does this overshadow the title picture? Because this is the biggest match probably they can put together on Monday Night Raw, arguably the freshest in either the Raw or the SmackDown uh, women's division. Yeah, just the name value kind of overshadows Bianca Belair versus Sonya Deville, doesn't it, unfortunately? That's no uh, slander on either Bianca or Sonya. They're both excellent, and I think Bianca Belair is absolutely going to elevate herself to the elite level of women's wrestling over the next 10 to 15 years. I've got no doubt about that, and Sonya Deville is also brilliant. But this is two of the biggest stars in the world of female wrestling right now in Becky and Asuka, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them mixing it in the title scene sometime soon. I was thinking the other day, we haven't had a good triple threat or four-way match for a long time. So I wouldn't mind just throwing Bianca in with Asuka and Becky. I mean, you don't need too much story to it. Just give me that match. I'd really enjoy watching that. And I loved most of Monday Night Raw, actually. I thought it was a really strong episode. But I love that Becky has reinvented herself again. Now, it's not a complete 180, but I love this whole sort of... She looks like a few people have said a David Bowie thing going on, this sort of manga call. She looks like an absolute star, even without the title. Yeah, she does. And I also love that she's um, referencing the fact that she has, she, it's been a while since she's not had a title. Like when she said, I don't really know what to do myself and haven't got a title anymore. I think it's just really clever storytelling and clever booking by just sticking close to the truth. And a lot of the time, the, when WWE is at its best is when they're only 5 or 10% away from real life. And that, that's kind of where they are with, with Becky at the moment. 
Yeah, and I, I was thinking this, we'll get on to AEW a bit later as we tend to do, but Britt Baker on AEW has lost her title. Arguably, she was the more dominant women's champion in AEW than Becky was in WWE, and yet they're not telling that story of Britt needing the title back, feeling unconfident, lacking in herself because she doesn't have it. Of course Becky would be lacking in confidence. She's been beaten fair and square. Where, where do you go? Why wouldn't you tell that story? It also makes you makes you clamor after the title more. Like it gives the title more prestige. That the biggest name in wrestling is saying, "I feel miserable because I haven't got the title." When one of my biggest bugbears is when champions lose the title and then just move on to the next feud without referencing it. If you you lose a big game of rugby, it stays with you for a few days. Like you have to move on. But if you lose you lose um, Champions League final in football. You aren't just like, okay, five minutes later, you're gutted you've lost the Champions League. So make these titles mean something. These people work their whole lives to win these titles, either when they can't win it or when they lose them. Let's show me that story of them. Grieving's a strong word, but them them being gutted that they've lost the title. I want to see that story. Yeah, and it's great that Becky didn't go straight back in to the title picture because, you know, they could have. WrestleMania Backlash has basically run it back Sunday where they're doing everything they could do from WrestleMania again. I like that we're not getting that with Becky. I like that they've gone a different route. And for me, that was a real, not shot in the arm because it wasn't weak, the Raw women's division. It's arguably the stronger of the two divisions, but it's great to be seeing that. I think it's fantastic. And I thought Raw... We wouldn't have been saying this a year ago, Charlie, but I thought Raw was really strong, carried in large part by a celebration of Randall Keith Orton. Randy was all over that show, and it worked so well. Yeah, it was a brilliant show, and sometimes when they celebrate things, WWE, they push down your throat a bit much, and it it can take away from whatever else they're doing. I think the two things that helped were, one, it's such a justified thing to celebrate. It's not like, oh, three years of Elias... It's 20 years of one of the best to ever do it. So it makes sense to celebrate it. It also helped that it looks like, we've said this before, and he said it, he's having the time of his life at the moment. This tag team with Riddle has rejuvenated him. And what better way to honour him than just RKO's everywhere. There was just so many, just so many RKO's, wasn't there? Do you think they sat in the empty arena before Raw went on air and said, right, how many different ways can we get RKO's done? Because it did, it did seem like... And that was one of those stupid wrestling moments you just love. It was, right, we're going to get into the RKO and out of it as many different ways as we can, and the fans are going to love every single one of them. Yeah, and it was just fun. Like, there was no, there's no long-term storytelling in, in the main event of Raw this week, is there? It was just a good, fun match. And I've said this before, and I'll say it many times, wrestling is fun. If you're, that, that's the, Wrestling for the majority of us is an escape from real life. It's how we switch off. We put, the, we put the wrestling on for an hour, two hours. You put this podcast on for however long. You listen to us talk about wrestling because it's escape. So whether it's good, bad, indifferent, for me, really shouldn't matter. Wrestling is good if I enjoy it. And we said that last week with the lie detect, didn't we? If you sat down and described that to me, I'm like, well, that is nonsense and rubbish. But you really enjoy watching it. And it wasn't a five-star classic. No one's been talking about the main event from Raw for years to come. But in the moment, watching it, I was smiling and enjoying it and having fun. And that's resting doing its job for me. What it's also done is it's elevated the tag titles, which we've been banging on about WWE doing for a long, long time. We're heading towards a unification match, the Usos uh, against RK-Bro at Backlash. And this is one of those occasions which I love in wrestling. I don't know which way they're going to go. Because on the one hand, RK-Bro... <laughs> fantastic tag team 
great feel-good moment. You don't really want to get the belt off them. On the other hand, the Usos and Roman, the bloodline holding all the gold and all the unified gold, is pretty intriguing as a storyline. It's a toss-up for me. Do you think this... We we said last week, you turn people when people least want it. Does Randy turn on Riddle at uh, WrestleMania Backlash? I mean, because he's at his most popular. Everyone's loving Randy Orton at the moment. Oh, Randy and Riddle, aren't they the cutest? No, Randy doesn't do things like that. He's, let's not forget, he's still Randy Orton. He is. I mean, yeah, yes, you could. You could, and you would break hearts doing that. You really would. And whether you turn him at WrestleMania Backlash because they lose the match, whether he turns and costs them the match, you could do it. I actually don't want to see that. I think there's a lot more juice left in this, which is bizarre because we've been talking about when Randy turns for about a year, if not more. I still don't think it's time. And I'm beginning to get to like you were with the New Day, where I don't think anyone turns on anyone. I think let's just have this be this cool, nice thing and Riddle be the only one who Randy doesn't turn on. No, I just think, we, we say it a lot, you do it before it gets stale. I just think the story I'd go with is Randy's had his 20-year celebrations and then the voice in his head has started saying, Randy, you've been 20 years, what are you doing messing about with this absolute idiot? Why, you need to go back and win the WWE title or something like that. There's a story to be told. I just think, imagine imagine Riddle looking like a sad puppy in the middle of the ring. Just imagine that. Yeah, I mean, Riddle had a very lucky escape on Raw as well from a bit of a wardrobe malfunction. I don't know if you saw yes. that do. <laughs> Poor old Riddle coming off the top ropes and some bits and pieces um, falling out. Um, very lucky. Ch- I mean, that would have been a different sort of celebration on Monday Night Raw. I don't think- oh, so. Randy didn't realise that was, that was what you and Riddle's relationship quite was. <laughs> I don't think... I know what you're saying, and yes, you could do it. I just don't want it, which probably is why it should happen. And I think if you look down the road, say you have Randy do that, him and Riddle go through that, Randy as a heel, Riddle as a face. Where does Randy go next? How do you keep him at this level of having fun, you know? Yeah, that, that's a really, really good question of, and it will. I think it very much will be what Randy Orton wants to do. Now, I imagine if he did turn, there would be a, you'd, you'd want a long feud between him and Riddle. Do long-term story time. Does that elevate Riddle in the singles run that he needs? I don't know. There's lots, there's lots to be asked, but I just think at some point it's going to happen. I don't know how, I don't know how they book themselves out of, the unification stuff. We've said this before, it's intriguing. And I think they are going to go the bloodline holding all the gold. I think that's where they go. And oh, wow. The Usos and RK bro could have an absolute humper of a match. They could be, they could be very special at WrestleMania backlash. So I don't know where they go. Whoever wins all the titles. It just, I don't like unification. I don't get it. I think it books you into a hole. I don't see how they get themselves out of it. Is this the first time in Lord knows how long that a tag team title match is a deserved main event? Because we saw Roman and Shinsuke tease something the night after WrestleMania that has gone, unless I'm missing something, absolutely nowhere. It it literally was like a fever dream. I don't see any better match to have in that main event slot than RK-Bro against the Usos. I think it deserves it. Yeah, I I absolutely would put it on. And also... Don't have the the main man, the universal WWE World Galaxy, all of everything champion, wrestle just for the sake of it. If you haven't got a story, is it not the most big dog move in the world to be like, there's no one to face me. I'm not wrestling here. There is also the argument of, of how do you not have someone 
coming out of that. And and look, we don't want to say we're trying to look positive, Jack. But yes, there is there is that question as well. Like, how the hell on your whole roster have you not booked anyone to be even on the same level of the main man that they can't even challenge him? So, do you think this will be where Drew beats Sami Zayn on Friday on SmackDown, and we get? almost a rush to Drew against Roman. Do, do they try and do something to get him on the card? I honestly, at this point, wouldn't put him on the card. We're too close. It'd be too rushed. I understand from a business point of view, you put him on the card. He's your main draw. I would just have him sat in the Usos corner with Heyman and probably get involved and help the Usos cheat to win, maybe, because we know they're not above that. Um but yeah, at this point, I wouldn't rush into it. I think Drew is the obvious next star on his level, if anyone's on his level, on um, on SmackDown. I'm actually, I kind of enjoy the Sami Zayn-Drew stuff. Yeah. Which which is ridiculous to say, because I love Sami Zayn and I love Drew McIntyre. I just didn't think I'd love the way they're doing this, but I'm really enjoying it. And I think a steel cage match makes sense in this storyline, doesn't it? Because Sami keeps running away. And actually, I think it'd be a really good match on Friday. I think it's also for Drew, and I say this with respect to everyone he's been up against, pretty much since WrestleMania last year to WrestleMania of this year, to say it had been a wasted year would be unfair. It will not be a year Drew McIntyre would look back at and say, it's it's really been a stellar year, and I think it's good to see him back doing what we all know he can. He deserves to be at that Roman Reigns level. Yeah, it's not been, um, it's not been a vintage year, has it, for... Uh... For old Andrew. Have you seen, sorry, just before I forget, um, sorry, I'm going on a complete tangent here, which I know isn't the way we normally do things. Have you seen that um, at the live event this week in Newcastle, I think, they've got Gunther versus, um, I think they've got Gunther versus Butch, if I'm not making it up wrong, Mm. something ridiculous like that. Like, if anyone's going to that, please let us know how it is, because that, that will be incredible. How are you feeling about Butch now the name has settled and sat with Don't us? Don't like it. Still, Don't like it. What about? I can just about live with Gunther. Okay. Just. I don't like it, but at least it's like, oh, it's an Austrian name and he's Austrian. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't like it and I still think he's Walter. I don't, I'll never for the life of me understand why they changed it. But Butch is what you call your dog. But do you do so? Name to one side because you're right. What about the character that they've created? Oh, I don't like that either. It doesn't, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> There's nothing that will enable you to it. And also, I don't really understand what's going on with this. Where's Butch thing? I saw a picture on Twitter this morning of him fishing. I don't understand why he's fishing. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing with my boy Pete. Yeah, swing and a miss. I think for WWE's creative. Um, speaking of of unusual creative, we've lost another first name. Tommaso Champa is just Champa. I mean. It's you would be if you. If we to, go down the back of the WWE sofa, there's going to be a lot we find. Which I mean, would you like it if you just started on Team Sheets, just being called Beckett? I mean, n- no, I've got two names. Not not I've if got two if, names. if Vince McMahon came to Championship Rugby, he'd be going. Oh God! Oh, we need the money. Come on, Vince. Come and invest. Come and invest one percent of what you're worth, and we'll all be very happy. We've got a new name for you, Beckett. Can you imagine what the teams would have to be renamed as if Vince took over? Right, anyone listening, 
Go and look at the championship rugby names and then imagine what they'd be reinvented as in WWE. That's my challenge for everyone for next week. You know the only ones who'd be fine would be the Cornish Pirates, but he yes. would he would make them look like Paul Burchill from that yes. sort of era of WWE. Yes. He'd make them properly piratical. Um, yes. Look, so we don't know where Butch is. Here's something that I think qualifies in a strong week for WWE in the segment of so bad, it's not even good. So bad, it's bad. If you haven't seen this, um, Matthew from Botchamania posted the link, amongst others, of the arm wrestling match between Omos and Bobby Lashley, where the pumped-in crowd noise was so, was so, so bad. I can't begin to explain how bad it is. It's not even like... you. <laughs> The noise comes in and you can see on the hard camera that the crowd are just sat down making no noise. Mm. It's just, what are they doing? What, what, who's gone? That, that looks good. Well, it makes me question every, the, the trouble you have when you pump in sound and we had it in the Thunderdome and I think everyone was fine with it in the Thunderdome, in the pandemic, you needed some noise and you either went AEW route of a small group of wrestlers around the ring making some organic noise or you pumped it in and you just said this is what it is and we saw it in football we saw it everywhere pretty much in sport you don't get to do that now the fans are back it is cheating yeah it's not good it, it's just not good at all it was it was hideous and if you haven't seen it go and watch because you, you're not going to believe how bad it is it's not like oh that's about it's the worst i've seen and also i don't i don't like arm wrestling matches in wwe like that you're on to a loser. What? I don't understand how they go to a meeting and go, right, we've got two big guys. We're booking them in a feud where they're really getting... I watch arm wrestling match. Really? Is that the best you've got for these guys? It, it's the E in entertainment, isn't it? But I, I think it's just... You, you'd, it makes, for example, we're talking about Asuka coming back and the pop she's getting. If you don't believe the pops that people are getting, if you feel like it's being manipulated, then you will hold back because no one likes to feel stupid. And no one wants. Imagine if someone turned around and said, Oh, you know that pop when CM Punk returned in the United States? That wasn't real. That was a bit of an Austin pop and a bit of something else. And we melded it together and we piped it in. You would feel like the experience was less organic. Yeah. And if we can't trust what we're seeing then why should we believe in anything so I, th I think it's really really poor from WWE I also want to say as I say every week and I love Adam Copeland I love Edge to Bits he is a legitimate Hall of Famer and he should be I'm still not feeling this now named Judgment Day stable am I, am I have I just taken against it too much or do you think there's a point where they do need to consider pulling the plug on this I don't think they'll pull the plug because I think some people are enjoying it. It's just not my cup of tea either. This isn't... Who have you met and seen that's enjoying it? Because I, well, I haven't I don't, seen I don't it meet, I, don't, I don't meet many people in the street and just start chatting about wrestling. It's not my opening. <laughs> oh, hi, I'm not on a dog walk. I'm like, oh, what, mine's called Otto. Or yours is called Rex, is he? Have you seen this Judgment Day stable? They've started on Raw. But imagine say... if they had, Charlie. Imagine oh, if it incredible. paid off. We'd never stop walking the dogs together. Um, but... I've seen a few people online saying they like it, being a bit different on Twitter and stuff, but this is, we've said before, this isn't the edge I want. I want to cheer edge. Whether whether that's right or wrong, we didn't have edge for a long, long time. I want to cheer. I want to say, hey, edge. I don't want to be like, oh, what's spooky edge doing? It's just not, it's not for me. If you enjoy it, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley, it's not even that he's heel, although I don't love that. It's that he's this heel. We've seen, we've seen, better versions of heel edge it's it's there's nothing about this where i look and i go 
It's innovative. It's different. It's exciting. This is the best version of it. Um, give me the master manipulator edge. Give me yeah. that version. If you if you wanted heel edge, have him win the money in the bank again. Yes. Go for ultimate opportunity. Uh, ultimate opportunist edge. If you if you're hell bent on having a heel edge, I wish I had him win the money in the bank again because that would have been fun. It really would have. Um, one final question on WWE before we take a break and then we'll talk AEW. With the unification of the tag titles coming up, with the unification of the world and universal championships already happened, are we getting towards a point where the brand split is worth getting rid of? I've seen some speculation about whether it's time to pull the plug on it, given we're continuing to see this blending of the brands. Yeah, I, I think we are. And also the brand split almost means nothing now because people just pop up everywhere. Your only issue is every time WWE go away from a brand split, SmackDown very much becomes a B-show. And I think that would be a real issue. And Fox are paying far too much money to be a B-show. So I don't think we'll ever see it done away with. But on the flip side, USA are spending too much money to not get Roman Reigns on their screens. Do you know what I mean? So I think we're going to see more and more crossover without them getting rid of the brand split. If you love wrestling as much as we do, there are three simple things you can do right now to help our podcast grow. Firstly, subscribe wherever you're listening today. Secondly, rate and review us so we continue moving up the charts. And thirdly, spread the word on social media to other wrestling fans. Tweet about us, put us in your Instagram feed, or tell a mate about what we do here. Doing that keeps our show growing, and for it, we're incredibly grateful. And now, back to the pod. Let's talk AEW. They come back to our screens with Dynamite, which was, as you know, broadcast on Wednesday night, headlined by Scorpio Sky becoming a two-time TNT champion, defeating Sammy Guevara in a ladder match. The match opened, or the show opened, with Dax Harwood against Cash Wheeler in an Owen Hart Cup qualifying match. Lance Archer beaten by Wardlow. A good episode of Dynamite, a slowdown episode. Let's talk about something which, because last week's episode was so quick, we we almost missed it. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, one-on-one for the first time that any of us can remember, the first time ever. Yeah, and I, I love they just chucked this in. I think a little bit more promo on it would have been nice. Like, we, we didn't talk about it last week's podcast because we didn't realise it was happening until after we recorded, which no. is hilarious. I text you, like, did we miss this? And you're like, well, I didn't see it. Um, did you see... They put out on Instagram just before Dynamite an eight-minute like history video of uh, Dax and Cash. It's a really good video if you haven't watched it. Anyone hasn't seen it, it just tells the story of them. They're both pretty candid in their interviews. That was really good. Good match. Won't lie, can't always tell you which one's which. Dax and Cash, I struggle to remember who's who, but Dax is the bald one. I've now worked out, and obviously I'm team Dax because he's bald. <laughs> uh, and he won, but who won wasn't really ever the story here. It was the two best mates wrestling. This is one that I don't think will ever split on tag teams that won't split. I don't think they will. And this is the start of them splitting. And this is just a clever way for them to have a match and for them to generate some interest in the Owen Hart Cup tournament, etc. So I think it was clever booking for me, AEW, and a good match. As CM Punk said on commentary, um, you know, one one is bald, one has the moustache. That's how we remember it as well. That again, that's one of my big frustrations with AEW, and I'm not, I'm not this way. I promise you, I'm not because I still think it's the best two hours of wrestling you get each week is Dynamite. Why go to the effort of making that eight minute brilliant wrestling package that tells their story and not find a space for that on your Two hours of dynamite, one hour of rampage. Can you really not give that to people to get them invested? 
Yeah, the, don't make people go and search for that on Instagram. Show that to your almost million people watching watching Dynamite on a Wednesday. I think you're right. That it, it's odd they keep doing that. Some of some of their best work gets put on social media rather than on TV. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame. But look, loads of positives. Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara. Again, as you would expect in a ladder match, it is Sammy's domain tearing it down for the TNT Championship. Sammy and Tay Conte doing what they probably should have done with Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes, pulling the trigger on that heel turn. And I'm interested and invested in them again because he was unsustainable as a face to the audience reactions he was getting. Throw a fur coat on him, have him mack his girlfriend every time he walks out, and he's a great heel. Yeah, absolutely. And ooh, that Spanish fly under the barbed wire ladder. But... What is a barbed wire ladder doing around? That's got no practical use. That's got zero practical use. Oh, what, I'm just nipping down B&Q. Do you want anything, love? Oh, I'd love three lots of cement, two hammers, get me 42 screws, and see if they've got a barbed wire ladder while you're at it. What What are you building for, for first now, case? Where I that's don't really what... know. I've just got a shopping list. But, Do you know what I mean? Like, come on, guys. Like, at least some most like steel chair. Oh, I see the use for that. Oh, some thumbtacks. Well, they're in a bag. I don't know why they're doing a wrestling ring, but I could see what we use them for. A barbed wire ladder. It, it, it was, I mean, that was ludicrous. That was so stupid. And there was one spot right at the end of it where Sammy goes up, Scorpio pushes Sammy backwards off the ladder into the barbed wire ladder, and you know you're invested in a match, because I was watching, I physically winced, I recoiled, and Sammy bounces off the barbed wire ladder, and he falls flat, and Scorpio's there, and he's reaching, and suddenly, Sammy springboards onto the ladder, and it's fine, and I thought, okay, I know that AEW is quicker paced, I know selling is done differently in 2022, but Sammy, my man, you've just come off a ladder onto a barbed wire ladder. You don't get to springboard back up there. That that, that would be a fine finish, AW. That would be everyone would be like, no fair, that'll keep him down. That should have been the finish. It should have been where they ended it. What do you think about them hot potatoing this TNT title, though? Are you a fan of that? Or Because I've seen mixed reviews to it online this morning. Some people thinking it completely ruins the belt, and some people really enjoying it as if they're just too equally matched opponents and there's there's two ways to look at it isn't there i don't mind it i I, here's what i think i think with their world championship they have established that doesn't really change hands with the tnt championship it's defended on tv most weeks most of the time which means just from a sports point of view as you know if you're having more matches your opportunities to lose go up. And I quite like the excitement that you can get from those title changes. I also wonder if there's a little bit of them playing catch-up maybe with what they had planned with Cody and then Cody leaves and they're having to just rejig plans and get it back to where they wanted it to be. So it doesn't really bother me. I don't need every title to be a really long reign. The World Championship's been on Adam Page for for a long time. The tag titles have been on... Um, on, on Jurassic Express for a long time. By the way, if you're Jurassic Express, you're probably feeling a little bit miffed about the constant references to FTR being the best tag team in the world. And and they're not even your promotion's tag titles. Jurassic Express are. Yeah, I, I could do with seeing Jurassic Express soon and coming out and maybe saying something about that. Like, well, where, where are you, lads? Come on. Yeah, it's, it's very strange that FTR have taken that mantle. And I wonder if it's because FTR becoming, well, I don't think there's an argument about it, mm. the most popular face team in wrestling at the moment has taken AEW completely by surprise. 
And do, do you think that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are better in the chase than they are in the holding of the belts? Potentially, because there's the whole, this odd couple team, can they get it done? And now they have got it done. It's like, right, well, what, what's the story with them? But potentially, there's definitely that. But I think a lot of it is how they're presented. And when you're presenting another tag team as the best in the world, it, it automatically discredits your champs. I enjoy that the Jericho Appreciation Society continues to lean so heavily into um, this this WWE light way of doing things. I enjoyed um, D'Angelo Parker saying, uh, we are telling the AEW galaxy about, you know, I, I, I... Very good. Very good. I pop for that. And Jericho, he doesn't, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. I mean, the boys, he basically made AEW for that first year. He made MJF, really. He, he made the title. And now he's, he's saying, right, okay, let's take these other guys and make them. And whether it's your cup of tea or not, these guys he's got around him are more credible than they've ever been before due to Jericho. Yeah, he we, we wax lyrical about him on this podcast a lot, but you, you can't not. He's he's a genius and he's now giving back to AEW in a way that he doesn't need to. He doesn't have to do this. He could easily sit there and be like, I want to be in the world title uh, picture and my, the way I give back is being the, the biggest name in the in the company in the main event slot. But that's not what he's doing. He's, he's trying to elevate younger talent and it, it's credit to the man and the wrestler. My favourite thing is whenever I see William Regal moving on, come out to do commentary because William Regal on commentary is my favourite thing for how... It's a joy. It's a joy. It's just how quite camp he is on commentary, which... which he, my favourite is at the end where he's like, good evening, gentlemen, and just walks off. Like, when, when the match is he's like, right, thank you, good evening, gentlemen, and he just leaves. And, and I, it, it's, you know, someone, Tony Schiavone will say something to him, he goes, oh, you are a flirt, Tony. And I just think, because Regal, it's well known, is, you know, into his Morecambe and Wise, into his Tommy Cooper, that sort of comedy. And he just seems like... He's having the time of his life out there on commentary, and he's so credible as well. I'd love to see him do more of that, to be honest. Yeah, it's amazing. Isn't it? If they'd brought him in just as a commentator, we'd be saying what a brilliant commentator he is, but he, he just commentates on his fellows' matches. I love it. He's like, these are my boys. I'm going to commentate on them. Um, I enjoyed their match. I like the finish of two of them having the... Um, Mox and Danielson having the submissions locked in and Wheelie used with that quite horrific-looking pin. That looked painful. Like, yeah. you know, some pins, like, that would not keep you down. That Wheeler Youth player, I was like, that would keep me on the floor. That looks horrible. It, it, it did. And do you think they are teeing up for trios titles? Yes, it, absolutely. It has to be, right? Because, and I know it's been speculated for a while, but the way they're positioning the pieces on the chessboard, there has to be trios titles coming yeah. soon. Because you look at the return of Ray Phoenix yeah. um, for the death, they call the Death Triangle, I think, which is a brilliant name. Brilliant the name. Death Triangle. Stupid return. Didn't like that at all. Made. Did you not like how Ray Phoenix came back there? Made House of Black look silly. You got a guy in a cloak with a shovel in front of his face, standing in the ring, doing nothing. They come down to the ring. Then it's whoops, no, we're not there at all. And instead of House of Black, going, well, that's clearly Ray Phoenix. Let's turn around and muller him. They stand and look at him. And then they go for him, and he swings the shovel. I, I, too cute by half. Didn't like it. Yeah, not not the best, but great to see Ray Phoenix back, especially after what looked like the most hideous arm injury when yeah. he did it. So great to see him back. There's two great trios that we don't talk about much because they haven't been around, but House of Black, I think, are excellent. Um, Death Triangle, again, what a name. But Penta, we know what Lucha Bros are like, and then throw Pack in there as well. Makes sense. You've got, obviously, Red Dragon, around you've got um the elite when they want to be a trio obviously you've got blackpool combat club there's five off the bat without you don't have to do any maneuvering any maneuvering at all you've got five 
straight away who are top, top level trios. And look, we'll, we'll um, cut, I think, AEW a fair bit of credit this week because uh, if social media is to be believed, Adam Page tweeting out at home, face covered in snot because of COVID, either he has it or someone in his house does. When you're rewriting your show because your champion's not there because of COVID, you get a bit of slack. We're going to do a hidden gem. We're going to do some fantasy booking, but we need to talk about the biggest moment in wrestling this week. Oh, here we go. Hook speaks, Charlie. Hook speaks. He does speak, Jack, and you were very excited about it, weren't you? If Tony Khan wanted to make a gay wrestling fan's dream, he would build Hook from the ground up. he That's who he would get. And, oh, what a voice that boy has. What what I said to you is I don't get the uh, the sexual excitement with Hook because that's Oh, well, that's my... too far. That's too far. That's... I, okay, sorry, sorry. I, no, I get I understand it. I don't experience it. Because that's not that's not my preference, okay? But I understand it. I absolutely understand it. But what I'm really pleased about is, and I text you this, they made such a build-up in WWE when Kane would first speak that whatever happened, it was always going to be a letdown. Let, even if they hadn't used a stupid voice box, it was yeah. always going to be a letdown. And we were starting to get a bit of a, oh, when's Hook going to speak? It was starting to that. So rather than build it, build it, build it, and then have it be a letdown, have it be a thing, they just killed the whole chance of there being a letdown by just having this lad speak as he would normally. And it was perfect. It was because everyone's like, oh, yeah, he is a human being. He can talk. He just is a bit of a surly teenager almost and chooses not to all the time. Yeah. And and they are booking him like Ryan from the OC, which is fine for me. He's got... That reference is entirely lost on me. Oh, Charlie. You, entirely. You know, you know what the OC is? Uh, isn't it Orange County or something? The OC, the most legendary teen drama of all time. Channel 4, Sundays, the OC, Seth sailing away, Marissa and Ryan. No. Completely lost on me. Educate yourself, my man. Educate yourself on the OC. So I have to be impartial here. If it was anyone but Hook, I would say this is stupid. He's feuding with a baron who paints his face over his bag of crisps being spilt. It is stupid, but it kind of works. And I kind of, in a much less high-impact way, don't know how AEW is going to book themselves out of this because we've not seen Dan Housen wrestle yet. We know that Hook's a fan favourite. A weird match to put together. I need Hook to absolutely batter him. Do I mean, you? like, almost wincingly batter him. Like, hard to watch, batter him. I don't want the match to happen. I, I... How would you, you get to that? So I think what you have to do is you have to do entrances, ring bell, lock up, Tony Nese comes in and batters them both. Because Okay, and you move to Hook, Tony Nese? Hook and Dan Housen maybe as an odd couple team, maybe, I don't know. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not a Dan Housen fan. There, I've said it. I, but, don't, I don't get his shtick. But Dan, hashtag stay grumpy, listeners to this podcast, is a huge Dan Housen fan, and he's saying to me... He will have the same impact on you when you see him wrestle as Orange Cassidy for the first time. And if that is true, that he's going to have that sort of impact where people who don't like him will love him because of his work when they see it, you can't have him be squashed in his first match. True, and I'm only sad because I don't I don't know Dan Howes and the wrestler. I don't know Dan Howes the character. I don't yeah. like him, so I have no... 
I have no stock in him, so I don't mind him being battered, being squashed. Now, if he if he has the potential to be Orange Castiers, then you have to protect him somehow. And I don't know how you do that because you have to protect Hook as well. So, like you say, you have to make the match a non-starter. And if you somehow move to Tony Nice versus Hook, which I think is a very, I, I would like to see that. Tony Nice is a brilliant wrestler. Hook can obviously go. It'd be nice for him to have a feud that's based around wrestling, I think now. Uh, I could see the way you you potentially booked it there. Okay, well, look, um, just what a voice. What a voice on the lad. Anyway, let's do some fantasy booking. It's week two of Cody Rhodes taking the WWE Championship. We did mine and some others last week. We've got Gary's this week, then yours. We'll do Gary, then you. Does that make... Yeah, we'll do that. Happy with that. Let's go, Gaz. Ga- Gaz says, uh, we need to see the return of the list of Cody. For those who don't know, this is when Cody left WWE last time. He had a list of independent matches he wants. But, says Gary, this time we need Roman to set the list for Cody. You could have four challenges for him to overcome, as many as you want. The Usos in a handicap match, a legacy rematch with Randy Orton, etc. And you lay it out so if Cody achieves all of that, he earns a right to challenge Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. I, says Gary, would even have it be a two-night stadium show for the Rumble. The Rumble's on night one, Cody Roman on night two. That's how I would book it. I like the list. I like leaning into the list. I just think I'd drag out over a year and go to Mania. Well, let's see. Let's see how you do it then. Because you didn't I'm dragging out over a year sorry, and go Gary. to Mania. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, I liked. I liked. I said I liked it. I was, okay. I'd make it even bigger. Okay. All right. So even though I set this, I've struggled with this one because <laughs> because I have to get the title off my boy Roman, and I don't want to turn Cody heel to do it like you did last week, which should happen. But go on. Yes, look at him. He's so adamant. He doesn't like whenever I say, "Oh, Randy should turn heel." He's got all these arguments for why not. As soon as I say something to stay face, no. Can He's I tell such you an why? Angry man. So many people have said to me this week, "Such a bad booking idea." <laughs> <laughs> no one has said, "Oh, I really like that." They've all gone, "No, you're wasting a golden opportunity." So I feel a little attacked. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up in the here and now. I'm gonna book loosely to next mania. Okay. So. Currently, obviously, we've got Roman not really doing anything, which is, as we discussed earlier, isn't ideal, but I think you just play the whole you're not good enough to face me sort of card. And you've got Cody feuding with Seth, which I'm all for. I like it a lot. Cody has to beat Seth for me at Backlash. Um, And you know what? If you want to do a third Cody-Seth, you can if you want to, but I need Cody to win, either 2-0 3-0 over Seth Rollins. I need Cody to be very dominant. And then... I kind of want Code to come out and just be like, yeah, I want the WWE title, Roman, where you at? Let's do this. And Roman always just to laugh him off. Not even face-to-face. Roman on SmackDown would be like, I don't know who you think you are. You've been here two minutes. You you left because you weren't good enough and you've been back for two minutes and you've beaten Seth. Get to the back of the queue, boy, and call him boy and talk down to him. Lean in if you want the fact that Cody thinks his family is the other royal family. Like, your, your family isn't good enough to lace the boots of mine when it comes to wrestling. So lean into, Cody makes out that there's only two royal families in wrestling. Roman agrees, but the roads aren't one of them. So really lean into that and the blood feud almost. Sort of make it personal from the start. And then then go away from each other for a little bit. So Roman can be having whatever title defence he wants. Cody, the feud I want to see through summer is I want to see Cody and Randy. I think that could be a really good match. There's all the history in the world. Lean right into it. That's what I'd like to see. So then I need um, 
I need Roman to lose the WWE title because I don't like unified title. I don't want him. I don't want Cody taking the WWE universe. I want him having one belt. It's the black WWE title belt. So let's have Drew with money in the bank and let's have Drew cash in the main event of the Cardiff match and beat Roman. Mm. Okay, that, that's how we're going. But it doesn't have to be Drew. That, that's where I'm going for this one. So he loses to Drew. And then Drew then moves to Raw. So Drew's your Raw champion. Roman just smacked down one. Roman just keeps having his SmackDown matches with the Shinsuke's, elevate Sami Zayn, these sorts of people over there. Okay. On Raw... Drew has a few defences. It gets to the Royal Rumble, okay? In the Royal Rumble, the WWE title match is a fatal four-way. It is Drew McIntyre, Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, and Finn Balor for the WWE title uh, on at the Royal Rumble. And it's a great match, as I think we'd all see. And Cody looks like he's got it won. Cody looks like he's won. He's laid Finn out one side, KO's laid out on the other, he hits the crossroads on Drew, he wants to pin the champ, one, two, Cody gets pulled out the ring, he gets pulled out the ring, it pans round, and Triple H is standing there. And this is where I've got to just be careful, because I'm asking Triple H to do a little bit here, and obviously his health will come first, obviously if if he couldn't with his health, obviously that would not matter. Uh, that would always take precedent and he wouldn't yep. do it. No, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> but I'm not going to ask Triple H to get physical here, but I'm asking him to do it. So he pulls Cody off of him. And Triple H just walks in the ring. He picks up Finn Balor's arm and places it over Drew McIntyre. One, two, three. Finn Balor is a new WWE champion. Because I'm not going to go to Roman Cody at Mania. Because I think that story is later on because I want Roman and Rock. Mania. So I plant the seeds early of Roman talking down to the Rhodes family, but that can come later. What I want to get to is we can't have Cody versus Triple H, which we all would have wanted because of what's happened in AW. But I want to get to the closest I can. So now our build to Mania is it's going to be Cody versus Finn, but Finn's basically Triple H's protege now. And just lays into Cody verbally of, you think you'll go, go away and start a rival company, disrespect my family, my father-in-law, but more me. Like, talk about the, you took a sledgehammer to a throne. You, you think I'm not going to take that personally? Of course I am. Just because everyone else, just because Vince is playing happy families with you here, this doesn't mean I'm going to. And then make Cody come out and say, I want the W title. And Triple H like, you'll, you'll never get near it. As long as I'm involved, you're not going to get near this title again. And then almost do the, like you did with Brian at 30, the Kofi mate at 35 lay down the most ridiculous challenges on the way to Mania for him. And then at Mania and the main event of night one, and then Roman Rock is going to main event night two, have Cody beat Finn Balor with Triple H in his corner for the WWE title. And if Triple H can take a crossroads or something, then yes, please do. If he can't, put him over there, wrap him in cotton wool and keep him safe. But I think what it does with that is it teases later down that you can't have Cody get to the level he wants right now without addressing Roman. I don't think. I think everyone has to at the moment. But it gets the title off Roman that I want Cody to win. And you can have Roman Rock still, which I think we have to have at some point in this title reign. You lay down the seeds for Cody and Roman, let it down the line. So Roman completely dismisses Cody and we never get back to him in this cycle, but we will eventually. It gives you the Triple H, Cody. Really, we would have wanted a match always. I think that's what we all thought was going to happen. Obviously, health takes precedent. You get that payoff in a sense. And it also elevates Finn Balor, which we need to do again. 
I'd love to see him in the title. And he or Finn's great fun. And he loves Triple H. They love him, don't they? So that would be that would be how I book it. And it gives you that moment of face Cody overcoming the odds to win the title for his dad in the main event WrestleMania. Yeah, it's better than mine. It's better than mine. It is. There's. I can't. I can't dispute it. That is. So I've got two. Two. One thing I tweak, and one thing I got a question for. I would have it so that when he first goes out, because I love that leaning into the story. It didn't even occur to me that, of course, there are three royal families. The Samoan dynasty is going to take offense at Wakodia. I love that. That that for me is genius. Don't even have Roman come out. Have Paul Heyman come out, have the music play and Heyman come out and say, you're not even in his league. Why would he get? And then the moment that Roman does eventually come out way down the line, it's a bigger moment because we've seen yeah. that. Yeah. Why would Roman not want to get his title back off Drew? That's the only thing. Yeah, it's a good question. Hadn't really thought about it. Maybe they're like, oh, it's back on Raw and you're not allowed. Don't know. Not brand sure split. on that. Brand split. Not, there we are. Not sure on that. But yeah, brand split what I'd lean into. I'd be like, we can't do inter-brand matches anymore. For now. I, I Look, I'm being picky because it's better than mine and I want to see it. And I think if you do give yourself that two-year build to Cody versus Roman, I think it's even better. So I, I'm with you on that. Um, amazing. What did you think? Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley. Uh, we'll do some more fancy booking. We'll set a new topic for you next week. I have a hidden gem for you, Charlie, if you would like one of these. Yes, please. You can give me a hidden gem next week. I found another one this week. I'm going to take you back to Monday Night Raw in 2004 where Eugene is acting general manager of Monday Night Raw. Are you familiar with Eugene? You must be. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For those... I remember when he, took, when, he, when he won Kurt Angle's gold medal. I thought it was brilliant. For those who don't know who Eugene is, Eugene is a character WWE could not get away with now. He was a um, nephew of Eric Bischoff, who was portrayed as someone, um, frankly, with learning difficulties, is how they portrayed Eugene on Monday Night Raw, and yet he got over as one of the biggest baby faces in WWE at a point. And he was acting general manager for one night, and he had a game of musical chairs to determine the number one contender for the Intercontinental title. Have you seen this? No, I don't think I have. Or if I have, I've I've not remembered it. You would... Let me take you back to this red-hot night in Canada, a game of musical chairs for the Intercontinental title number one contendership... Tajiri, Jerry the King Lawler, Jonathan Coachman, Tyson Tomko, Ric Flair, Stacey Keebler, and Chris Jericho play a game of musical chairs, and it is the best fun you will see on Monday Night Raw in ages, because Flair is strutting after Keebler, Keebler's trying to win it, Coachman gets a green mist in his face. They use the Royal Rumble buzzer noise every time someone's eliminated, and the crowd is into it. It is a definition of stupid wrestling being brilliant. I will absolutely go and check that out because it sounds ridiculous, but as I said earlier, it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's fun. It, it is the most fun, and I saw it the other day, and I thought this has to be a hidden gem. If you've got the WWE Network, you'll find it by going back to uh, 2004. If you haven't, you'll find it on YouTube. We'll post a link to it uh, on our socials as well. It is absolutely brilliant, well worth doing. Uh, you can find a hidden gem for next week, Mr. Beckett. 
Yes, I'll go and search one out. Ah, uh, there's so many to pick. Look, let's do everyone's favourite part of the podcast, earning the push and back to developmental. Something we love from everyday life that is not wrestling related needs to be pushed to the moon. Something we hate has to go back to developmental for a gimmick change or maybe even wish the best of luck in its future endeavours. First or second, Mr. Beckett? I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first this week. Go for um, it. My back to developmental is a very, very simple one. Dog walkers don't pick up the dog priv. What, what are you doing? Well, I, I almost stepped him on today, like just this morning. I was out at six. So I, like, it's just like we're, we all do the same. We all walk our dogs. Dogs go go for a poo in the park. Just pick it up. It's not hard. Take your poo bags with you. If you've forgotten one, ask another dog walk because they've always got one. And also be better than that. Don't forget them. Don't you think there'd be some element of guilt because dog walkers know other dog walkers. You can see when other dogs do it. I, I don't have a dog. I couldn't imagine if I did that if that happened, I would just be able to walk off. I would feel so, so guilty. Yeah, it's hideous. So just just don't be that person, no. essentially. So that's back to that mental. Yep. Earn the push. I've got two okay. because I think one of ours might be the same this week. So I'm going to do my one that isn't and then I'll do the one that I think might be. And if not, and we'll just have to put two down for me on the spreadsheet this week. Okay. Um, My first one that I don't think you'll have a short earn the push. If you have, I'll be shocked, is power washing. No, it's not. I got a power washer this week. Right. And I've been power washing everything. <laughs> Go on. I almost I almost drowned power washing the patio yesterday. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. And so satisfying though, right? Oh, so satisfying. It's enjoyable and it's a good job done. So power washing. I got a Karcher power washer because I'm going up in the world. So that's what the one I thought you might have, but I'm guessing you haven't because the lucky face you're like, oh, mine, you won't have this week, Charlie, is our good friends at the media department at Exeter City. Uh, no, right. Don't say this because one of the people at the media department at Exeter City is my boyfriend. And no, he's he's not even there. <laughs> you're here. Right, well, I will give it. So... And our other good friend is Scott Palfrey, yep. who Scott did our logo, which is brilliant. And Exeter got promoted this week, which is brilliant. Well's next to City, up to League One. But if you go and watch the coverage on their Twitter and their Instagram, their social media team have done of their promotion, it is unbelievable. Like those boys and with the women there who work there, their whole team. I don't. I only know your better half and Scott. Everyone else does a brilliant job. The coverage for their fans is second to none. Like if Liverpool were putting that out you'd be going, oh, Liverpool are doing a good job and they're at the very height of the game. So just because they're in League 2, now League 1, doesn't mean they get anything but the absolute best social media coverage. So a big push to the whole of Exeter City Football Club for getting promoted, but more so the social media team for their great work. Yeah, they are very good. And you've made me look like a right bastard now because it yes. isn't it isn't my earning the push at all. I haven't even... My boyfriend's hard work doing that has not even crossed my mind as doing earning the push. Um, I had a fun night on, on the night of uh, the promotion. Uh, I got a call at 3 a.m. from a club... Uh, with with my other half being very very happy, and then on uh, eight o'clock on so they went up on the Tuesday, eight o'clock on Wednesday. He, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I think you're probably still drunk, aren't you? No, no. Yeah, yeah, I am still drunk. Because where were they? Where were they when they got promoted? Where was the game? Exeter in Exeter. Oh, they were at sorry, but they were at home. But obviously, that's yeah. two hours from you, isn't it? Down. Yeah. In. So uh, yeah. he 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 was fine until the hangover kicked in, and then oh boy. Yes. So, uh, look, yes. well done to them. I feel really bad now because that isn't my earning the push, which is why I was really surprised when you thought it might be. Mine is the ITV drama still available on uh, the ITV player and elsewhere. The Thief, His Wife and the Canoe. 
Have you oh, seen this? This is about the guy from Hartlepool who faked his death, isn't it? Yes. So good. So good. I haven't seen it, but I know the story because my dad is from Hartlepool. Yes. The dad was like, of course, someone from Hartlepool has faked his death in a canoe. This is the real-life story with, I think, some dramatic liberties taken in some elements of the telling of it, but basically it was one of those stranger-than-fiction real-life things where your man fakes his own death to get life insurance money and fakes it for a long, long time before coming clean. He and his wife were in on it. The rest of the family don't know. Watch it because it's an amazing story, but for the performance of Monica Dolan, the actress who plays Anne, who is the wife, it's just extraordinary they're only about 50 minutes long i i'm not really a big sit down and watch drama person this was so good you need to see it, and you need to see it because you might see places you recognize yeah i'll have a look at that i'll have a look and back to developmental for me property shows i don't know if i've done this before if i haven't i'm doing it now because i have a big bee in my bonnet about property shows where people go abroad for an hour they look around and then they don't buy anything at all it's in the like they'll, they'll give their ooh here's the the wild card and it's like half a million pounds out of their budget or something and they're like we could maybe work it work like, no no one in the real world has that much money over their budget. They, you're right. It's where they'll go something like um um you're looking for a home in Scotland now just hear us out it's a little further away it's in Norway but we think you're going to love it we think you're going to love it and you invest all the time in it you sit there you watch all of it and they don't buy anything and you think that's an hour you should be legally obliged to buy a house at the end of this hour so here's my strange celebrity encounter recently so this whole thing is strange so homes under the hammer which is one of these tv shows yes. okay is presented obviously of course by obviously by former premiership footballer dion dublin natural choice obviously i saw Dion Dublin in a Costa car park last week. <laughs> no way, did you? Yes, I was driving from, it was Easter Monday, I was driving, because I couldn't tell you which Costa it was either, because I was driving from my better half's family friends to training, so I went a different route that I normally go to training. So I didn't really know where I was, I was following the sat-nav. Avoided the so, ring roads. Exactly. Saw a Costa, thought, well, I haven't had a coffee for 12 minutes, so I best go and get one. <laughs> Needed the loo, so parked to go in rather than go for the drive through and as I was walking out, I walked past a man and I was like, I know who that is. And it was Dion Dublin. But I was so confused because he parked genuinely 40 car parking spaces away from the Costa to walk all the way to the Costa. And I was like, is Dion getting his steps up? I don't know what's going on. But honestly, I, one of those moments I was like, it's Dion Dublin. And I almost asked him for a picture. And I was like, no, grow up. It's only Dion Dublin. Oh, no, you should have. Maybe he's like me. He's a nervous parker and he doesn't like, you know, I'll always go for three spaces a town over rather than near the supermarket where I have to reverse park. That's always, maybe he's like me. Maybe Dion Dublin. This is like, yeah, Dion Dublin is a nervous parker. You heard it here first. <laughs> There's a T-shirt. Dion Dublin, nervous parker. Do you know what I like doing with those property shows as well? Is I like coming up with fake names for the places they're looking. You know, they're always in these weird, odd places. It's like Jack and Charlie are looking for a detached home in the charming Surrey hamlet of Pickford's Wink. And it's always stuff like places you've never heard of like that. And you think, oh, okay. 
Well, very good, very good. Anyway, something else will go back to developmental next week. Something will earn the push. Time to wrap up. Before we do that, as always, thank you for listening, rating, reviewing, subscribing. Tell a mate about what we do here if you love wrestling. Before we go, CM Punk confirmed for the title match at Double or Nothing. We say it each time. I feel very sorry for Hangman Adam Page. Is CM Punk the man to take the title off him? At this point, I'm so far invested in getting the title off Adam Page. You could be facing it double or nothing. And I'd be like, Jack Murley's the man. It, people who don't know this show will think I hate Hangman. I don't. I like Hangman. I just, every time, they just keep giving him challenges of people I really, really do like, and I want them to win. Um, yes, give the title to CM Punk, please. Best in the world with the world title. It makes sense. I agree this time. This time I am with you. It's time for Hangman to hand the belt over and do something else after a great reign. Uh, look, next week we'll have a new fancy booking title for you. We're heading towards WrestleMania Backlash, the outcome of Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre in the cage, and who knows what else. Uh, you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening today but we are out of time on behalf of charlie and myself thank you for listening and bye-bye